Hi, everyone, or anyone, really, and thanks for listening to the first episode of the Pocket Dump podcast on the Rogue Intel Network, where I will take you inside how people's minds work by examining what they use to do that work. I'm Matthew. I'll be your host and guide as we talk about the equipment people just can't be without. Now, I'm a big fan of the idea that people are what they do. Everybody out there has a certain amount of stuff they simply have to have with them every day. That could be the cigar cutter, your lipstick, or the chore boy steel wool. I'm not here to judge. But if you dump your pockets for me, I can tell you who you are. For example, I don't use my multi-tool every day, but I always have it with me, as well as a knife, a lighter, a flashlight, a mini pry bar, a safety pin. The list goes on. I think that tells everyone a little bit about me as a person. And the more questions you ask about what I stuff my pockets with, the more you get to know me. This is how I'm going to get to know people. I'm going to find the most interesting guests and interview them about what they have on them, what they keep close by, and what they need in order to interact with the world. If I do it right, we'll learn a lot. Of course, you may have already inferred that I love gear, and that's not wrong. I will spend a ton of time bringing you guys news of the latest new bits and pieces, reviews of everything I can get my hands on, and generally just keep you all on the quest for that perfect piece of kit. Just like the pliers with the junk in the handle's form factor was when the Leatherman tool first came out, this week's preview, the Leatherman tread, is a pretty revolutionary idea. That first tool, prototyped as Mr. Crunch and released in 1983, was thought up because the pocket knife with tools in it that Mr. Leatherman brought with him while traveling abroad didn't make the grade. This is a 5.3 ounce bracelet which slides off the wrist for use by way of a watch-style clasp. It comes in stainless steel or black, and it was created when an engineer at Leatherman had a multi-tool stopped at an amusement park front gate. This thing claims 29 tools, and brass knuckles isn't listed. Now, I don't recommend hitting anyone with this wrapped around your fingers, but this might not be your first choice as a screwdriver either. There's a watch version as well, but that's a proprietary Swiss watch, not a watch band for your own watch. But as it stands right now, I wear a smartwatch. Jealous! So this will go on my other wrist. My most frequent carry is the Leatherman Skeletool, which strips away almost everything but the knife and pliers. Whereas the tread has neither of those, these could complement each other quite well. But the complementary part is where the wheels come off this thing for a lot of people. But I could have previewed a lot of things for my very first preview, and I want this thing just so bad. But the fact is that this thing is probably not going to be anybody's only multi-tool. And if, like me, you carry a dedicated knife at almost all times, that's a pliers-type tool, a knife, and then this thing on your wrist. The fact that a lot of EDC people wear paracord bracelets says that there is a market for this, and there are some things it can do that you don't see elsewhere, like the SIM card tool and the glass breaker, as well as the socket driver. This thing will fit and turn quarter-inch ratchet set drivers. Also, if you have Leatherman's flat bit set already, there's a slot for one of those bits inside the links in this monster so you can cram in even more functionality. On that note, the functionality, not the cramming in, there are more links you can get. Like if you need different sizes or some other types of drivers and stuff, they're going to start to be available as replacements on the Leatherman website. The fan reaction in a lot of the stuff I've looked at and read agrees with me that the user should be able to choose the links and have them come in a bag, then that user, by which of course I mean me, would get to work screwing the whole thing together in the right order. But the way it stands right now is you get the default setup 
and you can buy other more specialized links later. So that means you'll have links that you don't need in a drawer or in a box. That also means that if you're a dweeb like me, you can actually wind up with a striped black and silver bracelet or a crazy cyberpunk choker necklace. My bottom line, this is a great idea, but it's generation one and it's going to get better and maybe cheaper. But the real benchmark is, will it, like the original Leatherman, get ripped off? I want it, like a fat kid wants cake, but in black the way I'd go, it's 200 bucks. It's 150 for the stainless steel version. Or if you want, there is the stainless steel watch for 500 and the blacked out watch version with an MSRP of $600. All right, guys, it's time for our guest. And this week it is Patrick Duffy. He's executive producer of this very podcast, as well as others on the Rogue Intel Network. What? what? And this is going to be a... Isn't it? <laughs> This is going to be a lot of fun, Duff, because you are an EDC guy, but you're not part of the EDC community like I am. You're not on the forums every day. You're not getting these emails every day. You're not looking at these pictures every day. But when I pitched the show, you were all in because you have drawers full of this stuff. You carry every day. Oh, yeah. But I'm not sure you realized when I pitched it to you how deep this rabbit hole goes. Should I be scared? I hope not. <laughs> Give me your this, best. This is that moment when Stewie goes, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Like, there's a ton of stuff that I can't wait to talk about on this show. And it's just lined up and it's just listed and listed and listed. And when the dominoes start falling, I don't think I'm ever going to shut up. But that's a whole other thing. Okay. Uh, so thanks for being my very, very first guest. My pleasure. I will send you some sort of souvenir <laughs> mug. <laughs> well, you're not going to send me some multi-tool? You have enough. <laughs> I can always have more. I'm that guy that has saved filters on my eBay account for Leatherman. And when I can get a lot of Leatherman gear for a really cheap price, I usually go on it. Right, so you're you're a little bit of a brand fanboy to Leatherman. Uh, yeah, I've tried I've tried Gerber's and some of the knockoffs and they just never felt right in my hand. They uh, you know, it's like you try to flip it open and use something and it's like trying to pry it off with your teeth or something. No, I want something that, you know, I understand Leatherman's, you know, the jaws are uh, a bit tight. They're sometimes really tight when you first get them, but Mm -hmm. that's why you sit there and work it out for 14 hours, and then it's it's as loose as my jaw when I drink too much. Oh, dear. Okay, so it's time to hit you, Duff, with the eight basic questions. Fire away. These are quick. Uh, I don't want you to elaborate we're going to just hit through them and then we're going to elaborate you'll have plenty of time to defend all your answers sir yes sir (laughs) do you carry a gun no do you carry a bag yes do you carry a knife yes do you carry a flashlight in my bag do you carry a multi-tool oh yes what have you used the most recently uh my multi-tool how much does it all weigh i'd say about 10 pounds say about 10 pounds all together with the bag yeah with the bag. And did you cram for this? That means, did you add anything knowing that you were going to be interviewed about all the cool stuff you carry? Uh, I wouldn't say cram. I did bring up my, my, my junk drawer supply from the basement just to go over the various tools I have owned. Okay. Well, that's just historical reference, but you didn't go, oh, I need to buy a new knife because I'm going to be on a show <laughs> and I want to call them out on this cool knife. No, I'm too busy for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You don't carry a gun? No. Is that precluded by something about your work or your locality? Do you not carry a gun because of... Uh, Well, I live in Maryland Mm -hmm. because that's just where I happen to reside. 
Uh, and Maryland is very, it's very hard to get a, uh, like a, a concealed to carry permit. Uh, from what I've been told, I, I don't know. I've never owned a gun. Uh, my mom has a couple. I have thought about getting some, but uh, I am, I'm not anti-gun. Uh, I just uh, have never got around to getting a permit and, and actually picking one up. And I do work at a school. Okay, so you wouldn't be carrying into work. No. Not, yeah, school leads to a bunch of other complications on school grounds kind of stuff. Yeah. You do carry a knife. That's allowed on school grounds or um, it's because it's a work device? Well, there's a, there's a long version and a short version of that. Which one do you want for the show? Give me the long version, man. We're going <laughs> to get into these topics, and then we're going to ask what kind of knife it is. All right, check it. Um, now, I used to work at Baltimore Community High School in Baltimore City, Maryland, and it's an alternative school. Basically, people have to go there if they're if they have failed too many courses in regular school, or if they're too much a disturbance in regular school. So it's basically your last chance before you get put in jail, um, or you flunk out. Either way, so um, I didn't used to carry a knife. I used to just carry my my Leatherman, um, whichever iteration of that the tool I was using. Uh, that's what I used to carry. I was um, I was approached and threatened um, in my office uh, by a student, and from that day on, uh, I carried a blade. And uh, what's funny about this is we uh, we had three officers, police officers at that school, and I had misplaced my blade. It, it ended up being at home, and um, I was talking to my my buddy, uh, you know, Officer Jones, and. Uh, he ended up saying, oh, well, you can have one of these. And he pulled out a box, and he had a bunch of blades that he had taken from students that had brought them in. And so I got a really nice blade, and I don't even know where that is right now. Uh, it, it was a little bit bigger than the Kershaw that I've currently got. But, um, yeah, I have a Kershaw Kuru, uh, uh, three-and-a-half-inch blade. That's now uh, that's allowed for Maryland? Yes. And you're inside Baltimore. You're sure that that knife is legal for inside Baltimore? Uh, for inside Baltimore, yes. Uh, at least uh, the, the police officer on duty at the school gave me permission. Uh, I, I will probably stop carrying it on me because I did get transferred. They, my boss calls it a promotion. Uh, I'm now working at a charter school in Baltimore City, and it's so much better. Um, that and it's a middle school and an elementary school. So I really don't anticipate... Uh, yeah, you know, having to uh, worry about getting jumped. Lots more kicking in the shins. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what made you pick that Kuro over uh, some other knives? Uh, it was light in the hand, yet very sturdy. Uh, the, you know, even after uh, much use, it, it, it remained sharp. Um, and it was just uh, easy to, you know, to, to flip out and pop back in its, uh, in its, uh, in its base. So uh, it's an assisted open. It has a little flipper on the it's back. It's got a little fl- Yeah, it's a spring assisted flipper. Right. So that yeah, that's the speed safe design that they use. That's exactly the, it. Yeah. You've had it for a good long while. The lockup is still good. Oh, the lockup still works perfectly. I mean, sometimes. Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes it'll open up in my pants. Oh dear. Oh. So does it have a little manual lock lever no. or something? No, this model doesn't. Okay. The speed safe that I've got does not have the manual lock lever. Okay, so it's doing a little bit of a thing, but it didn't do that initially. Yeah, at least it didn't do it to my thing. Right, the good news. Um, and you say you like the edge retention on it. It's, I believe, 8CR13MOV. Yeah, um, that's lovely stuff. That is an overseas-produced knife, uh, but it's for Kershaw. And it goes to one of my philosophies is that there are three levels of Chinese stuff. 
Good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> There's American-made stuff. There's stuff made for American companies that happens to be made in China. And then there's Chinese knockoffs. Yeah. This is not a knockoff knife that's made for a good and reputable knife company. So that's uh, a fine. How do you do? We're completely okay with that. Um, you said you have a flashlight in your bag. Is it branded? Is it a mag light? Uh, is it? I, I, it probably is. It's one of those uh, multi LED ones that runs on, uh, I think, AAAs. Uh, okay. it, it really, really, it, it just it works really well in dark spots. And I'm in server rooms that don't have uh, really good lighting, so it really helps when I when I need to use it. Sure, there's a set of nerds who are going to light us up for not having better flashlights on you. Uh, you know. Let the haters hate. Just flashlights is something that I'm not too deep into, but I do have some some lights that I dig. So you have light for dark places, but you don't carry that in your pocket. It doesn't have to be super, super small. No. Because you carry a bag. I do. Your multi-tool is a Leatherman OHT, is that it correct? It is. It's, the, uh, it's the, 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 the black and steel Leatherman OHT. It's the militarized version. Um, and despite all of my hard working with it, the only thing that has busted on it is the, uh, the closure assembly for, or the lock assembly for the, uh, Phillips head. Uh, it basically will not lock into an open position. And that's because I was, uh, you know, abusing it <laughs> like I seem to do all the time. Oh, don't tell them that. You've had it under 25 years. They should repair it. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got a whole box you filled to... with Leatherman that I should have repaired. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you were telling me about a broken Leatherman, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, you said you, you used most recently used the uh, the Leatherman. How did what what came about? Uh, I needed uh, a set of pliers okay. for just a job I was working on. That's in and out of your pocket every day. Oh, yeah, I, I use that. No, I use that. It's in a leather holster. I use it, uh, God, at least 10 times a day. Okay. Uh, excellent. So it's it most, So you like the OHT aspect of it, that one hand open. I do. You can be doing what you're doing and just flip and you have your pliers but the other stuff. How much do you use those other attachments? Because one of the big criticisms for the OHT is that the blades and the other tools aren't as big because of that one-handed open functionality. Um, I do I, I, I do miss the Super Tool style uh, Phillips and Flatheads that were longer so I could actually get them into things that were basically, you had to go through a hole to get through the screw. Uh, yes, uh, right, below a surface. Yeah, below, yeah, subsurface. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, that just, um, it wasn't that, but I had an angle problem. I was carrying a skeletal at the time. Someone needed a Phillips head, and where the Phillips was was behind something else, yep. and you just couldn't, you just needed it to be a narrow little bitty driver, and it was just a little too fat to actually fit in there. So I was super happy because I'm that everyday carry guy, and I had a Phillips head on me, and then it didn't fit. We had to find something out. No. Oh, uh, it, was a, it was an everyday carry fail for me, <laughs> which is rare because I'm usually just that MacGyver with all kinds of stuff. Uh, so you say you didn't cram, but you brought out a bunch of gear. I, I brought out a bunch of gear that's usually in my shop in the basement. Yeah, it's just stuff that was an EDC that has uh, basically been retired. And that's because of the functionality of the OHT. You no longer carry the Super Tool just for speed? Uh, well, I mean, my Super Tool was great. I got it uh, really nice and loose. Uh, there's no resistance on the jaw whatsoever. But uh, I've had, you know, I've had the file just break right off. Uh, like, 
<laughs> I've had knives snap off. Uh, I've had things get bent. It, you know, things just, I, I use the crap out of them. So they, they do tend to snap. And when they do, yes, I know I could have them replaced, but, you know, what am I going to do for the next two weeks? I need something. So well, I think now you have six or seven going. Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, six. So maybe send four back and then send the other two. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll, I've got my OHT and that works like a charm, except for the locking um, uh, clip on the uh, on the Phillips bit. So I can mm-hmm. literally send everything else back but the OHT. And then for a week, two weeks, carry maybe a Super Tool 200. You have a Super Tool 300? I have the Super Tool 2 and the 3. Which direction did you go? Did you go big and then try to then move to the 200? Or did you snap that file on the 200 and then go to the 3 and then move on from that? Uh, That's pretty much it. Well, let me, let me, I don't want to misquote here. The Super Tool 200 was great. I did snap uh, the flathead bit and the file on that. Everything else still works pretty good. Uh, I wanted something a little beefier, so I went with the Super Tool 300, which was indeed beef, beefier, and uh, it's got a much larger Phillips head uh, tool, and uh, everything still pretty much works on that. It's just a little rusty because um, you know do have some uh, water damage on it, which I can just you know take some um, steel and just brush it off. Mm-hmm. But no, it works. It works really good. It's well worn in and it's well used. So, what got that out of your pocket? What made you move on? Was it uh, again that speed of the OHT, or was it too big and heavy? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm fine with big and heavy. Um, well, the uh, actually I misquoted. The flathead bit is snapped off. Uh, both flathead bits are snapped off. Were you prying with them? Yeah, of course, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. We've got to get you a mini pry bar because you don't carry a mini pry bar on your keys. I'm sure of it. No, no, I, I never, uh, I never thought to do that. That's a whole other little micro area of really hardened steel, little wedges, sometimes with a nail puller on the front of them. Uh, Gerber makes a lovely one called the shard, uh, okay. which is a keyring mountable one. Um, what about the Leatherman tread that you talked about earlier? Uh, the tread has no pry bar okay. to it. Uh, I'm sure there's a way to, you know, wedge that under stuff and start doing things with it. And I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were saying during the preview, I saw you during the uh, the text that, that that made you excited. Oh, yeah. And I won't say in what manner. <laughs> uh, we're being nice about that. So you carry a bunch of stuff in a bag to work. Laptop, network tools, things like that. Yes. I have a Swiss gear backpack. I uh, don't know the model offhand. Do you really need the model? No, it's a Swiss gear. They're awesome. Uh, nobody, nobody needs a model number and everyone's got a Swiss gear. Yeah, Swiss gears are great. Them. Was it given, was it like a bonus when you bought the laptop? Oh, no, I wish. Like no, that? I wish. You actually went and sought out the Swiss gear. I sought gear. out the Swiss gear because uh, I, I don't remember who in my life had a Swiss gear, but I knew that it worked out very well for them. And I needed a laptop because I was going to, I think it was uh, California or going somewhere for business where I needed to be able to, you know, bring my laptop and I didn't want a laptop bag. Right. It's a please steal this laptop <laughs> right off of yeah. bags. Yeah. Carry more stuff. Uh, we didn't get into your wallet. You're not focused on it like nerd like I am. It is a bifold it's leather wallet. Just, uh, it's falling apart. <laughs> it's just an old leather wallet. How thick would you say it was when you laid it on a table? Just wild guess. Ah, uh, about maybe three quarters to an inch. Uh, three quarters of an inch to an inch. 
So it doesn't do the Costanza and open up by itself? Well, I don't carry cash on me. I have a, a single $5 bill in there that's just uh, that just so happens to be there because I didn't spend it when I had uh, tolls the other day. <laughs> right. Not carrying cash is probably a holdover habit from your last job. Um, well, no, I just have, if I carry cash on me, I spend it. You know, <laughs> oh, let's go to lunch. Ooh, you know, let's, hey, I'm getting gas. Let's go get something to eat. No, I, yeah, forget that. Um, mm-hmm. no, I just, I've got my bank cards and then that's all I need. And, you know, I've got some business cards. I've got my health insurance card. I've, uh, you know, I, I've got some business cards for, for my company. Uh, is it executive partner? I'm an executive producer for Rogue Intel. Executive producer for the Rogue Intel network. Yes. Uh, which means in this case that you are the host of Rogue Intel's prime. I am the host of Rogue Intel prime alongside Chris Stracola and D Hamburg. Um, I am also an executive. I'm, 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 I'm the founding executive, uh, at the network. Um, I take care of all the backend code on the website, all the social marketing, uh, along with, um, one of our other hosts and executives, uh, Lona Mori. And she's the host of Candid. She is. Uh, which is uh, a more politically charged, let's say. Uh, just a wee bit. Yeah. Political and, uh, and, and news. So it's, uh, current right. events and political. Right. She's the serious pundit show and I've guested on Prime and uh I'm a listener of Prime. That is the hilarious silliness sort of show. Yes, kinda sorta. Uh what, you don't like Candid? You got something wrong with Candid? I have nothing against <laughs> Candid, but it doesn't make me giggle while I'm walking the dog. Oh, well, okay. Prime makes me laugh. All right. So uh, you like to be laughed at. All right. Uh, a good deal of my podcasts are comedians, yes. Oh, it's a good thing. And then, you know, uh, uh some of my podcasts are heavily political. Because uh, I am a subscriber to Candid as well. Rock on. I'm also a subscriber to Fanboys. Yes, Fanboys is Rob and Dan, and they like to go off on uh, little little attacks on uh, pop culture things. Uh, like, for example, they've, they've covered uh, Game of Thrones. They've covered Jared Leto from, uh, well, he's an actor. He's also uh, a, a musician. They've covered Taylor Swift. Uh, basically, it's hot or not. And they go over uh, their track record and history. And it's, it's an entertaining show. I don't agree with a lot of what they say, uh, but I don't need to. It's still insanely entertaining. Uh, and you're trying to expand as well? We are, yeah. We're trying to uh, recruit uh, entertaining podcasts and podcast hosts. If you've got an idea for a podcast, even if you've never done one before, uh, just go ahead and contact us. And, um, you know, we, we're like a big family over at Rogue Intel. Uh, we donate our time to help those who want to get started. And, um, you know, we also uh, give advice to the professionals. Uh, for example, uh, Rob and Dan actually have their own podcast network, mtrthenetwork.com. And uh, they, they, they found out about us, and they just said, we've got to get on that. So they've got one show on our network, and they have their own network as well. Uh, is there anything in the pipeline you can tease for us, other than, of course, the Pocket Dump podcast? Well, um, uh, let's see. Um, we've got a music review show that's in the works, uh, probably debuting sometime next year. It is still an early, early development, um, so I don't want to say much more than that. Uh, we're also working on kind of like a, a book club on crack. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be called Proofed, and it's going to be hosted by Alex uh, Alex Cole. Actually, he's uh, he's very learned, and uh, he's he's got just a voice that makes you want to melt. Uh, yeah. he's a voiceover professional. Oh no, kidding! Yes. Uh, I hoped one day to do that sort of thing, and then I found out that I suck. <laughs>
Uh, so now we're going to get back into my part of the show. I hope your plugs are succeeded unless you have anything else you want to share with the nice folks. Oh, no, thank you for having me on. It was, uh, you know, when you said you have a have an idea for a podcast and it was going to be about uh, multi-tools and keyring goodness and, and knives and all sorts of other tech nerd stuff. I was like, yeah, boy, I'm in. Because I do this every day, and even you know, even when I get to a point where we're doing Rogan Tell full time, I'm still going to be that guy with the Leatherman on my hip, uh, because I'm an audio engineer as well as a producer. Well, see, that's the real trick. The hook that I'm trying to go with for this show, as I get more guests, is you'll always be the guy with the Leatherman on your hip, because that's how you think. Yeah. You interact with the world through tools. Oh yeah, even if I was a retiree living in Boca Raton, which. That'll never happen because I'm too damn hot. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll still have a Leatherman. Uh, I don't know if it'll be on my hip or not, but it'll probably be in my fanny pack. No, it'll magnetically attach to your replacement. Uh, there you go. Perfect. There you go. Uh, so we're going to get back to the story I wanted you to tell. How did you snap the plier of a multi-tool and what was it? Uh, the, 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 the jaw of the plier that I snapped was on my Skeletal CX. Uh, of course, the CX being the militarized version in black steel. Um, it, it, you know, it's a very old story, so my memory is foggy. Uh, and also, pardon me, I've got a bit of a sinus cold going on right now. Um, but no, I was just uh, I was trying to use the pliers on it for something that was way too big. Um, and, uh, it, well, it kind of just snapped. So the handle didn't snap. The actual metal of the jaw just plinked right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an amputee. Right. So that's your junk drawer item. That's my junk drawer item. Uh, I still use it for the knife, which the knife is serrated and, and beautiful. And uh, I, I mean, the skeletal is one of the best tools they've ever made. Small form factor, uh, great add-on capabilities. The the bit kit that uh, is available for this thing is just insane. Um, it's not really good for submerged screws uh, or tight areas. But if you want something that you can take uh, a bathroom door off, you know, the wall in a restroom, this will do it. <laughs> Uh, I, I still carry mine every day. It's my current EDC. You're making me rethink that by showing me that busted one, but I've been doing okay with mine. Mine is not a CX. Well, don't abuse it. <laughs> I mean, I've got a skeletal, uh, standard skeletal, the, st- the stainless steel model, and mm-hmm. my wife uses that for her vaporizer tool. She has, uh, uh, she uses an e-cigarette style vaporizer and, um, it's got a bunch of seals, rubber seals on it, and that tend to tighten over time. So it, you know, sometimes the hand just doesn't work to get the darn thing open. And for changing mm-hmm. atomizers and for things like that, she uses the skeletal, and it works perfectly for what she needs. Uh, that's a really interesting set of stuff. Uh, I'm sure Leatherman is going to be happy to hear that the vaping crowd are all about the skeletal. <laughs> but you snapped yours. But it's probably just the same don't hand. abuse it. I abuse my tools. I always try to overuse them. I hack them. I use them for stuff that they were not intended to do. Nine times out of ten, everything works fine. That one time out of ten, and I use mine about ten times a day. Yeah, things happen. Right far more likely to get busted. So now we're going to go to the wishing tree. This is the happy part of the end of the interview. Great. I want you to tell me about something that you wish you had in your EDC that you don't. Now, this could go ahead and be something that used to exist, something that's maybe just not affordable, or something that they don't make. 
I would like a key retractor that doesn't die or fall apart in a month's time. I have not been able to find one at your Home Depot or Walmart or whatever uh, that, that doesn't literally fall apart or snap. So these are, uh, it's your key ring. It's spring-loaded. You pull it away from your body, use the key, let it go, and back it goes. Yes, and it, uh, so it, it, it clips onto my belt, yes. Mm-hmm. And you've gone through tons of these, I guess. I've gone through, I think, four of them before I kind of just gave up and started using a lanyard over my neck, which I don't like either. Cause, so that's up and over and down every time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about being the guy with the keys on the chain? The keys on the chain. Um, like you have a chain of keys, but you're still manually putting them away, but they're in your pocket. The last like time that. I had a chain on me was when I was in middle school and it was a chain yeah, wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had that wallet with the buttons that we all <laughs> yes. had. Uh, the other thing about that is when did your wallet stop having Velcro? Um, elementary school. Really? You quit Velcro? Well, yeah, you had the middle school button wallet. Yeah. And, you know, there for a little bit back in the mid to late 2000s, I was a, I was a duct tape connoisseur, and oh. uh, I, I made many a duct, uh, duct tape wallets that were just so cool, but right. after they get old, they kind of start to peel and get a little sticky, and no, I just stick with leather now. Uh, anyone out there listening to this wants to contact us, if you can find a good key retractor that... It's not about the heavy weight. You don't carry 50, 60 keys, do you? Uh, no, I carry about maybe 10, and, and, and half of those are, uh, you know, like uh, cage locks and small form factor keys. Right. So it's not about weight. It's just about out and back, you know, 1,000, 10,000 times before the thing just gives yeah. up. I want something that's not going to snap mm-hmm. uh, on the cord itself. I want something that's not going to literally fall apart, and I want something where the clip isn't going to just break. You're telling me that all of those things have happened to you, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's basically every failure point. Oh, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's got to be out there. So, you know, you see janitors with just giant chunks of stuff. They seem to be doing well, but maybe they're just, they're carrying them differently or they have something we don't know about. I don't know. Uh, Duff, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for being my very first guest. My pleasure. Thanks this for having a me on. conversation. And uh, I can't wait to uh, check back in with you to see if you actually followed up and sent any of those back for repair. I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, you know, I'm, right now, I'm kind of busy trying to get uh, the live feed working for Monday's show. Uh, Rogan Tell Prime is going to a live form factor so people can watch along with us as we're recording. And uh, I've usually got little projects like that that kind of eat up all my time. So I don't like mailing things out either. Does it, you know, so sue me. <laughs> but free new tools, man, is all I'm saying. But thanks for being on. I'm going to let you get back to all the technical stuff that you got to do. And uh, like I said, when time permits, I do want to check back in and see how your carry might have evolved. Sure, I'll be on anytime you want. All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Have a great day. That was Duff. He's the host of Rogue Intel's Prime, which is coming out three times a week and is a blast. And now we're going to explain what the hell we were just talking about in a section that I'm calling Jargon. Because I think in terms of knives and pliers and nuts and bolts, and I don't have the best radar for what you listeners might not understand. So I'm going to spend some time cluing you all into the jargon that we might have fallen into. I've already mentioned the term EDC, which means everyday carry. My EDC contains a handcuff key. See? I used it in a sentence. The EDC is the essentials, but in a real live pocket dump, some extra stuff might have gotten in there, or something might be missing. Loadout is similar, but not synonymous with EDC. 
Maybe the loadout changed just for that day. Like, I'm headed to the beach, so I want to pack light. So rather than my full EDC, I'm bringing an ultralight loadout. Also, I noticed something during the writing of this episode I'll call the Xerox principle. Xerox became the word for all photocopiers, and to a lesser extent, Kleenex became a word for all facial tissue. In order for me to stay neutral as a reviewer of gear, I had to stop saying Leatherman when I meant multipliers. Hey, is that a Leatherman? Yes, it's a Gerber. It's a matter of not confusing brand for product. Another, for instance, is that there are lots of makers of Swiss Army knives, but only Victorinox makes the one that the Swiss Army issues. So, that's your jargon for this week. America is the land of excess, and that's okay. I'm obsessed with EDC gear, and that's fine, too. Maybe you're listening to this on earbuds, but do you carry backup earbuds? Do you have headphones for sound and other headphones for calls? I've seen pocket dumps on sites and forums with two flashlights, three knives, and a couple of multi-tools, and a notebook, and a notepad, and a smartphone, and a laptop, and a tablet, and chargers for everything. I'm looking forward to finding a pocket sewing machine inside a cargo pocket eventually. I carry so much more stuff than average, and I'm already at three blades, four or five bottle openers, which is redundant, but every carry and Tom making gear is cutting a little notch into it so that it can open a beer, and none of them thinks I might need to open a can of tuna. Now, I hate tuna, but I might have to open a can of something else. Concentrate. I think part of thinking about what to carry is thinking about what you can get away without carrying as well. There's stuff we'd all like to have but just can't carry around all the time, like a small dog, or that bow and arrow, or the fountain from the beginning of Married with Children. It's just not practical. Now, all of the guests we have lined up have some piece of gear they don't carry anymore for whatever reason. But this isn't the Everything You've Ever Bought podcast. It's the Pocket Dump podcast. And there is room to talk about the old stuff. But there's a limited amount of room in the four pockets in my favorite jeans. I hesitate to carry a bag unless there is a reason. But some people out there are loaded out to the point of getting exercise in by hauling around stuff they never need. Then there are the things people carry that they hope they never need. I have a guest coming up who was in a shooting. And a bunch that carry handguns who thankfully never have. Is carrying a few pounds of polymer, steel, and lead around and never needing it unnecessary? Is my second folding knife... I think everyone has to make that decision for themselves. And a big part of the point I'm trying to get across with this show. I used to look at other people's loadouts and think, is that all he has? And flip the page and think, my God, that's too much stuff. But there is no perfect setup. No perfect bowl of porridge. So, I'm not going to judge you for carrying 20 pounds of stuff in a sling bag. If that's what you need. But I do want you all to think about everything in that bag and in your pockets. Every ounce you can shave, every key you can't identify, every membership card from a store you don't go to anymore is a waste of space. It's a waste of work. I challenge you. Empty your wallet out. What needs to be in there and what needs to go? Are there receipts? Is there a buy five sandwiches, get the sixth one free card? I can't tell you what's okay and what's not. But I'm asking you to think about everything in there, and only keep it if you have to. After your head is in that space, maybe during a commercial break or a lunch break, look at your key ring. What can be left behind? Is there anything in there that you don't use? I have two padlock keys that I almost never use, but I decided to leave them on the ring so that I always know where they are. It's a little dead weight, 
for a little peace of mind. I have a phone app that allows me to scan all those barcode memberships and not have that cubic inch of stuff on my person. Let's see some before and after photos on our Instagram of what came out of your wallet or your key ring. So if you guys go out to machine13tools.com, you'll get forwarded right to the Kickstarter I want you all to see. Mark McMahon designed a special kind of key hook that I think is just hilarious. I'm not making fun of him. I'm sincerely in love with his design. Key hooks are an addition to the key ring that keeps the keys from getting lost in your pocket or surfing around your bag. As long as they work right, they don't slide, and aren't too tight to actually span the denim of your pocket. Do you have a pair of pants that the pockets are nice and deep in, and that leads to your keys curling up in a ball just above your knee? Are you a cargo pants guy, so when it's time to get your key ring, you have to crouch in order to be able to reach them? A key hook solves all of that, and in this case, opens bottles, like apparently everything else, and has four sizes of hex wrench as well as two sizes of square driver. And the hilarious part? The top of this hook is shaped like a tentacle. If this is how you carry your keys in your front pocket, let's say, there's a shiny little tentacle reaching out of your pants, and that just makes me happy. No wasted space or weight like a stuffed monkey on there, and it's certainly unique, but it's that rare moment where efficient carry can also have some novelty as well. This Kickstarter expires on the 3rd of June, so there is still time to get an order in if you agree with me, or you were part of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, or a follower of Cthulhu. This is for you guys. No kickbacks to me. I've never met this guy. I just found it, and I really like it. In the coming weeks on this show, we're going to hear from a gunsmith, a law enforcement officer, a bicycle mechanic, and me, who you might have guessed cannot shut up about all of this stuff. I'm going to try to bring you news and cool gear each week and have good conversations about that gear with the guys and girls in the trenches about what they all carry and sometimes about what they don't. You can also get a pop culture fix on Fanboys, listen to the unbridled silliness of Rogue Intel's Prime, or if you like getting all the way into topics, subscribe to Candid with Lona Mori. All reachable on RogueIntel.com, Stitcher, and iTunes. Let us know what you use to get the episodes into your ears. Let us know what we're getting right and what we're getting wrong. Use the contact tab on RogueIntel.com. You can follow Pocket Dump Podcast on Instagram to get pictures from our guest. This week, it's a picture of Duff's broken skeletal. That's going to wrap up our episode, guys. I hope you had as good a time listening as I did putting this thing together. It was a lot of work. I give special thanks to Duff, both on mic and off mic, for being an inspiration and a source of advice to get me started. And I hope you guys all hit that subscribe button, use the RSS feed, drop me into your phone and your life just about a half hour every week so we can talk on your commute. It's a little bit one-sided about all that cool stuff that turns you guys on as much as it turns me on. Thanks so much for listening and you'll hear from me soon.